Welcome to the Global Hearted Podcast, where your heart for people around the world can deepen, and where you can be empowered to better reflect Jesus and His heart for all to know Him. I'm Jason Paulson, here with Anthony Taylor for today's discussion. Well, Anthony, uh, we are at the end of our first series, our first season. I'm not really sure what to call it, but this is the end of what we had originally planned for our first run. As we're getting ready for our next series, uh, I thought it would be good and helpful for our listeners to just do a rundown uh, of what we've talked about, uh, review some of the key things that you brought out. So I'm going to do most of the review. Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions during that review. Uh, I know you've probably got some other concluding thoughts, and then we're going to introduce our next series for our listeners. Well, our, our podcast is called Global Hearted. Uh, we talked throughout this first series about how to reach what we call frontier people. Uh, a large part of that discussion has been focused on reaching Muslims and Hindus, uh, mostly because that's where your deepest experiences are. But I think that the, the shape of these lessons will be helpful as someone uh, is reaching out, of course, to Muslims or Hindus, but also to Buddhists, uh, people of other world religions, or just people in their own backyards uh, with little understanding of Jesus. So when we started, we talked about what contextualization is, what contextualization does, how it works, and hopefully that helped our listeners uh, understand the shape that contextualization has laid on their own experiences of Jesus. Uh, from there, uh, we went into three uh, underpinning ideas or foundational streams um, that we worked through. And I want to talk a little bit about those three at the start. Um, the first stream that really uh, underpinned this first series uh, was the idea that relationships build the bridge that can carry the weight of the gospel. Now, you said that a few times during the podcast. Uh, I think that's foundational because frontier missions are largely relational. Uh, we all love to hear the stories about someone hearing a radio broadcast and believing, or stories about Jesus appearing to someone in a dream. But I found that if we dig into many of those stories more, there's always, almost always, a relational component where the radio broadcast leads the hearer to seek out a Christian that they know or know of to hear more about Jesus. Or in the dream, Jesus points the dreamer to go to someone, and then that person uh, gives them an understanding of the gospel in the context of that relationship. Uh, does that impression seem right to you that um, a lot of those seemingly miraculous interactions also have a major relational component to them? Well, that's been my experience when people uh, that I meet have had a dream and or a vision, and they're the ones that, that you know, everyone I've met has always had a relationship with a believer prior to that um, and connected with a believer after that. Um, and it kind of lines up with the scripture, because if we just go to Acts, you have, you know, the Ethiopian eunuch is reading the, the Bible. It's not a vision or anything, but Philip is translated right there. To, the spirit gets him there. He's reading it. He's not understanding it. And so Philip is right there to explain it to him. Um, then we have Cornelius. The angel tells Cornelius to send people to bring Peter. Um, so, <clears throat> and part of the reason I th 
is because God is trying to get um, people connected to his body. And so, um, although, <clears throat> you know, there might be stories of people where they, you know, on their own, they came to faith and had no, um, no interaction. I'm sure that happens, but um, I think, you know, we should be careful of the stories that um, kind of make it sound like, you know, Jesus and God can just do this on their own. Um, <clears throat> and there's no real need for us to be involved, to go and to, to make ourselves available. Because the whole beauty of the scripture is that God is working together with us. He's bringing us into partnership with him. That's the beauty of this enterprise. Um, and so uh, anyway, that's my experience and my thinking. Thanks. Uh, another one of the underpinning ideas uh, in this series was living incarnationally. And in fact, one of the uh, alternate podcast titles that you had was living incarnationally. Could you just say a little bit more about what you, what you mean by that phrase, living incarnationally? Well, for me, what that means is we go and we, you know, we immerse ourselves with the people that we're living among. You know, so if we're going to another country, we immerse ourselves in, in the language and the culture, in relationships with people. Um, and we, we take on, you know, how they live life. We take on that, that culture, you know, and try to allow that culture to weave and shape our lives so that we begin to understand you know, how they think, how they feel. Um, because, you know, the incarnation values, you know, Jesus became a man. He became a human being and he became a human being in a specific culture. And so because of this, we realize that the incarnation itself values hu humans humanity and it it shows value to the various cultures and so therefore um we too by living incarnationally show value and respect and dignity to the uh, people and the culture that we're we're living among yeah thanks for explaining that more anthony uh, so the final the third stream that came up especially in the second half of uh, this first series was the idea of God as creator, preserver, revealer, and redeemer. Uh, I currently attend a church in a denomination that talks about a fourfold gospel of Jesus as savior, sanctifier, healer, coming king. Uh, there's a lot of other um, people that have different uh, phrases like that, four-part attributes of God. Uh, even though we didn't talk about that idea as much in the first half, I, I think it's important to think about how we view God as we think about how we view frontier peoples. And I appreciate your formulation of creator, preserver, revealer, and redeemer, and how it helps paint a picture of the increasing revelation of scripture also the ways that we see God working in the lives of frontier people as they encounter Jesus. I think uh, from my very limited 
understanding of Hebrew that maybe your idea of creator, preserver, revealer, and redeemer comes from uh, Hebrew names for God. Do you, can you talk a little bit more about uh, just that those four words and what you think about them? Well, <clears throat> I've done a lot of reading and um, and I have you know relationships with um, the Jewish people, so it comes out of partly out of you know the, their thinking, Jewish thinking, and also um, Reformed thinking. Um, so it's, it's a blend, but, um, but, uh, I would, I, I think it's, it is very Jewish. So after we laid sort of those, uh, or we talked about those things throughout the podcast, um, at, when we started the podcast, we worked on uh, laying foundations for successful engagement with frontier peoples by talking about ways that we can build trust with them, including taking on professional roles, valuing relationships so we can show that we honor the host community, and demonstrating respect for the culture of the host community. We talked about how we have to understand who we are in Christ and how understanding the presence of God and God's active involvement in the world help us to see that no matter where we go, God is already at work there and he goes there with us. And you shared a lot of great stories about how uh, God has been at work, how God was already at work and uh, went with you, the places that you went. Uh, anything, anything else that you want to share? Any other stories that would just help underscore that some more? Um, well, yeah, I was uh, just reading something by Abraham uh, Heschel, um, he was a Jewish theologian, and he was talking about the what does the glory of God mean? You know, I could, and he was trying to he was emphasizing it's not a thing, um, the glory of God. It actually, you know, when it says the whole earth is full of His glory, um, in his view, that's referring to the presence of God. And, you know, because God is present everywhere. Uh, on this planet to everyone. And so the whole earth is right now full of his glory. And if we could capture that in our own hearts and in our own minds and realize that it, he's, he's, he's not just present, you know, in the world, he is dwelling within us. Um, and that really transforms the way we see ourselves operating in this world. And um, to me, it's so encouraging. It's so, you know, uh, you know, you know in, invigorating. You know, I am the temple of the living God. And, and really, what does that mean when I go into a space? Um, uh, you know, because we all, all sense our weakness all the time. And so we need to remind ourselves who we are, you know, as Paul says, you know, the mystery of this glory is Christ in us, the hope of glory in, in Colossians. So um, this, is, this is the glorious mystery that, that we live in and yet sometimes overlook. Well, and that really leads us into uh, just talking about what we talked about next, which was being authentic and integrated. Um, because I, that's, I really feel like that is a lot of what you 
uh, have talked about throughout all this, that when we allow the love of Christ into everything we do, um, we demonstrate him to the people around us. Uh, one thing that I remembered that you specifically talked about was integrating the word into our work and lives. And I think I specifically remembered that because that is something that I personally always struggle with. Uh, I struggle how to do it without feeling like I'm just shoehorning it into a conversation, uh, into places that it shouldn't be. And so I really appreciated the reminders to do that and the examples that you you gave about how to do that. Um, we also talked about uh, emotional intelligence, uh, using emotional intelligence in discussing this. You gave some examples of not being emotionally intelligent, like forcing religious discussions at a host's religious holiday, or ineffectively giving uh, somebody a Bible during a time of bereavement instead of uh, giving presents. And after we talked about emotional intelligence, uh, we talked about prayer, we talked about the centrality of prayer in Luke and Acts and how prayer needs to characterize us excuse me, uh, about how prayer needs to characterize us as we work with frontier peoples. Um, I think that that really ties together the previous sections well, uh, that as if we're characterized by prayer, that shows that we are more relationally oriented around Jesus, uh, more likely to be emotionally aware just as Jesus was, and showing our hosts that we are trustworthy, authentic, and integrated. Um, and as our listeners may be able to tell, uh, when I was preparing this summary, I mostly ended up uh, restating basically the entire episode about emotional intelligence. Uh, and then I cut all that out uh, in my, because in my opinion, um, the, this is the simplest and easiest to understand without more context episode that we've done. And so if our listeners, you're just starting to listen here, uh, you're beginning or just beginning to look at frontier missions or work with frontier peoples uh, that are in America. And you said, I'll give one episode of this podcast to go. Uh, I just tell you to go listen to that emotional intelligence uh, episode. Not that the rest of what Anthony talks about is valueless. I think the whole thing is great, of course. Uh, I just think that using emotional intelligence is really critical to having effective long-term relational ministry. Uh, and for me, someone who grew up in America and what could be called conservative evangelicalism, I, I have to adjust my mindset on this topic, the emotional intelligence most. So maybe this is just me continuing to preach to myself that I need to be emotionally aware. Um, so as we, as we end this first section on laying the foundation, uh, I'm going to just pull out a quote that uh, you, from what you had prepared, and you said, uh, it is our privilege and honor to be in a relationship with God. It is also our privilege and honor to live and work in complete dependence on him. And I think that really sums up these foundational, this first foundational set of episodes. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on those foundations? Not really, Jason. You did a great summary there. Thanks. Um, in our next section, uh, we, our next section discussed talking about Jesus and how to do that in frontier contexts. 
So we started out uh, discussing how to view evangelism holistically, not just as a content transfer mechanism. Um, we talked about using the angle scale as a tool for understanding a spiritual journey. Then we walked through the importance of focusing on Jesus and asked the question, exactly what do people need to know in order to follow Jesus? Uh, I'm not going to give the answer. You have to go back and listen to the podcast to find that out. Uh, then we talked about setting the gospel free, and we discussed Bible translations, and you did a comparative exegesis of Paul's sermons in Pisidian Antioch, Antioch and then in Athens, uh, just looking at how he talked about the gospel then. We saw how Paul discussed the gospel in two completely different manners, how both of those manners don't seem to present what we often think of as the gospel message. Um, and it seems to me that thinking through contextualization here, considering the overall foundations of relationships, building a bridge of living incarnationally and thinking about God as creator, preserver, revealer, and redeemer, that thinking through all those things helps us in looking for ways that we can talk about Jesus so that our hosts in frontier cultures uh, will connect deeply with him. Uh, anything else that you wanted to share, anything that you thought was important from the uh, from that section about talking about Jesus? Not much. I just the only thing I'd point out is, you know, we tend to put so much emphasis on content. And we think that if people can get the content, well, that will save them. And I think our our um you know, it's just the way we talk and the way we think. Um, and some for some reason, I don't know why we don't, you know, have greater trust in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and then the fact that, you know, Jesus, you know, if he's, he's drawing people to himself, and he will reveal himself in the course of time. And people make decisions to follow Jesus on incomplete information you know what we would deem incomplete but that's all they needed to know in order to make that <laughs> decision to follow and then once a person decides to follow then you know that they, that's a, a game changer jesus has come in he's dwelling within them and there's a whole growth process that's going to take place and i think we're trying to speed up the process sometimes but it's just something to think about as we work with people. Well, and that's uh, another quote that I wanted to share um, from that section, because I felt like it, it draws a through line between the first section uh, of foundations, between uh, this section about talking about Jesus, and the next section on reflecting on culture. Uh, the quote is uh, from where you were talking about your friend Anwar, where you said, uh, Jesus knew that Anwar would eventually come to understand the rich teachings of scripture as Anwar followed them. And as I think about it, Jesus did the same with me. And I just appreciate that quote because uh, it, it does connect uh, our experiences with the experiences that frontier peoples uh, are going through as they are encountering Jesus. Our next four-episode section, uh, where we're reflecting on culture, um, talked about things like the apostles changing the way that they thought, 
uh, focusing on uh, the book of Acts chapters 8 through 11, uh, about how even Paul, who was the apostle to the Gentiles, he needed a decade uh, after the Damascus Road before getting summoned to Antioch to realize the way that God was drawing Gentiles into God's family. We talked about giving cultures dignity, considering how something like economic differences colors our perceptions of other cultures and people's actions in those cultures. We discussed seeing God's activity in every culture by taking a deep dive through the story of Cain in Genesis 4, seeing how God was the preserver and redeemer in Cain's life. Uh, and finally, we talked about valuing religious cultures, uh, sort of talked about separatism and understanding what bridges we might be asking new or prospective believers to break to their family or home cultures. Um, just another summary quote that I pulled out for that section was, uh, it will take time to learn how our host cultures function, what are the underlying rules and governing social relationships, the rules shaping interpersonal communication and the rules that govern behaviors. As we immerse ourselves in our host cultures, God will lead us on a journey of discovery and ask us to make significant paradigm shifts as well. And I really appreciated how you talked about the difficulty that even Jesus's closest followers, the apostles, had in making this shift. Um, and I appreciated your own humility in talking about uh, your mistakes. I, I know that I've made a lot of mistakes myself as I've worked with frontier people. Uh, the biggest one for me, I think, was just not a single moment mistake, but a mindset of being very task oriented, but not relational oriented uh, when I lived overseas in a frontier culture. And then uh, I can think of several times where I should have took the time to talk and build relationship. But instead, I was so focused on just getting something done that I didn't, I didn't do that because I wasn't really thinking through the I'm here to build relationships part. So I, like I said, I appreciate how you talked about your own mistakes and it did help me think through mine, not in a shaming way, just in a uh, important way to think through how I will, how I will interact with people better in the future. Uh, our final section started with a discussion of using the religious forms and symbols of the host culture. Uh, and enumerated three principles about cultural communication. Uh, I'm going to repeat those here because I think they're also really helpful for people to think through and remember and understand. Uh, the first principle states that the greater the cultural distance between cultural groups, the less certain we can be that the messages communicated by the groups will be understood. Second principle states that if the hosts are able to capture the meaning intended by the intended by the outside communicators, the outside communicators need to use the forms of the hosts. And the third principle is that if outsiders use their own forms, the original meaning of those forms will probably be lost. So those were three principles for cultural communication. Uh, we also discussed uh, not assuming that we know what uh, our hosts believe because we know content about their religion. Uh, we discussed how we have to experience life with them or ask them about their belief. And uh, one of the stories that you shared that I really remember was about the uh, atheist Muslim that you encountered and about his community's reaction to him, because I thought that was really 
uh, just really important to think through what uh, we think we know about someone's religion and what they experience about it. Um, I observe that a lot of American training courses about Islam or Buddhism that I've seen seem to be framing uh, seem to be framed around being able to refute or uh, interact uh, in an apologetic matter, manner with the belief systems of others. And I feel like what you've said is that that approach is less effective than uh, some of the trainers would like. We talked about uh, a pathway that could be more effective about building bridges across the faiths and about ways to do that. Uh, we talked about reconsidering what we mean by the law and the gospel. And we looked at ways that the law is discussed in the New Testament in ways that can build bridges, especially into Muslim communities. Um, and I found uh, another quote that was a good summation of that section and really the whole podcast so far. And that quote was, uh, with each of these beliefs, there is overlap and there are differences. Nonetheless, the beauty is in the overlap, and we should celebrate the overlap. By celebrating the overlap, we create a healthy space that will enable us to explore our differences when the time is right. To celebrate this overlap as followers of Jesus, we have to remind ourselves that God is at work in each and every one of our relationships. We are never alone in them. So, Anthony, anything else that you want to say, uh, just in conclusion for this first first series that we've done? Well, that's <clears throat> you did an awesome job in bringing a, you know good synopsis here. So, I really have nothing to add here. Well, this is the conclusion of our first series, uh, but we're working on a next series. Uh, what we're planning is a study of Genesis as a way to help our listeners uh, think about reading the Bible with their Muslim friends. Uh, this is going to be focused a little bit more on reading the Bible with Muslims, but I think that there will be good lessons for people that are working with any kind of people group. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Uh, I hope that hearing this, uh, our listeners are excited about it too. Um, I have a little teaser for our listeners that I took out of the notes that you've uh, prepared for this next section, Anthony. So this teaser is uh, what we don't realize is that we unconsciously overlook significant elements in the passages because our Christian reading has focused our attention on the parts deemed significant. When we read the Bible with those who are not followers, they read the passages without any preconditioning, and they tend to notice things that we overlook. Therefore, their observations unlock the Bible passages for us in new ways. So hopefully that gets uh, our listeners interested and excited in our next series of Genesis. Uh, we're really glad that uh, our listeners, you've come along with us uh, this far into, into this series, and we hope that uh, as you build relationships with frontier peoples, that uh, some of the things that we've talked about can really help you think through how to do that in a way that... Uh, lets you be authentic, integrated, incarnational, and reminds you that God is uh, working with us as our creator, preserver, redeemer, and revealer. Thanks for joining us on the Global Hearted Podcast. If you have more questions about how you can find ways to follow Jesus around the globe, 
or if you have questions you would like to hear Anthony answer, email us at anthony.taylor at globalhearted.com. Or to hear more episodes, go to globalhearted.com. And now receive a good word. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age.